News headlines regularly report events happening in far-flung countries, but they don't always give you the whole story. God is at work in places like China. The big lesson that I take away from the Chinese church is they wear out their Bible every three to five years. In Yemen. And, and they are seeking the answers honestly and uh, genuinely to know some of the answers. And among refugees in Europe. So who is bringing this message of love to the Muslim people who are willing to accept it? And, and that's the challenge we are seeing right now in Germany. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton. This is week two of a special series looking back at some of the most moving moments that we've had on our broadcasts in 2018. The stories you hear today are going to give you a deeper insight into some of the countries that you hear about on news reports. And also, we're going to help you know how to pray for the people in those countries, especially for our Christian brothers and sisters there. Let's start out in China. We hear a lot about trade with China. Maybe you even hear the word trade war with China. But let me remind you about something that should be even closer to our hearts. The Chinese government has been cracking down on churches and on Christians. Two of our guests that we had on VOM Radio, Brother Blake and Brother Joel, told us about what's happened in China this year and what has changed there for the church. To understand the change, uh, Todd, we need to understand what the situation of the Chinese church has been in the past. There are only, and we're specifically talking about the Protestant church now. We won't address all the other uh, divisions. But in the Protestant church, there are only two types of churches in China. There's the three self-patriotic movement. Those churches are founded by and sponsored by the communist government. And then there is everybody else. Some people call, used to call that the underground church. Uh, we, the Chinese don't prefer that name. Some people called it the unregistered church. But if you call it unregistered church, that would um, indicate that there would be a registered church. And there's never been a registered church in China. And that's what I really would like for people to understand. There's never been a non-TSPM church registration in that nation. So all you have is this whole group of church, and the Chinese prefer to call it the family church, the Jiaoting Jiaohui, the family church, because it began in people's living rooms. Every church that is not TSPM in China is illegal. They all know they're illegal. Every pastor that's not TSPM knows that he is only being granted week by week permission by the local police to even exist. And every church knows that they can be raided and shut down at any time. So actually, the church has wanted a registration process to be in place. So when I first heard that the government had new regulations for religion, I thought, well, this could be a really good thing because this gives an avenue for the non-TSPM churches to register with the government and continue to exist in a legal framework. But when we received the regulations, we found that it was quite restrictive on religion in general. 
basically just uh, the short version is the new regulations guarantees that the Religious Affairs Bureau will tightly govern every move that is made in every religious meeting place, including every Christian church that we would minister to. So now we're looking at the government saying, you will no longer be illegal. You will be legal when you register with us and give us total control of your religion, forcibly by the government. One of the things that, uh, I mean, we've also seen as a change, I mean, for, for many years, the government from province to province depends on the province, right. right? So things could be better in one province than another. And the government might shut down a church in a province because when we say house church, a lot of these house churches actually for a time in some provinces were allowed to to have, you know, a building. And even put a cross on top of the building. And even put a cross on top of the building. I mean, you would drive by and know that's a church. But in January, the Golden Lampstand Church in Shanxi province was actually dynamited. I mean, they the government blew that thing up, not just closed the doors and didn't let people use it. I mean, they completely obliterated the thing. Despite the persecution in China, or, you know, maybe because of it, Chinese believers show us what it means to have a hunger for God's Word. Well, <laughs> this, this question is um, very interesting because... We have to set targets at VOM for how many Bibles we try to supply to China. So to do that, we have to know how long does a Chinese Bible last. And I've interviewed hundreds of Christians over the years. How long does your legally printed Bible last? And they're good quality Bibles. And the answer is always the same, three to five years. Three to five years? I've had my Bible for 15. And the difference is, I think they use their Bible more than I use mine. Oh, I, I oh to say that. there's a lesson there. So the, the big lesson that I take away from the Chinese church is they wear out their Bible every three to five years. We've been hearing from two guests. We just called them Brother Blake and Brother Joel for their security and protection. They've been giving us insight into what's been going on among our brothers and sisters in China. To hear more of that conversation, go to vomradio.net. You can hear the whole conversation we had with Brother Joel and Brother Blake. We're listening to some of the most powerful moments from the Voice of the Martyrs Radio in 2018. This was a year in which we here in the United States heard a lot about refugees. Everyone is asking, what do we do with refugees? Where can they go? How do we protect our borders? Manfred Mueller joined us earlier this year. He leads Voice of the Martyrs' sister office in Germany, and he challenged all of us. Don't look at refugees as a problem. Think of this situation as an opportunity for the gospel. You have a, an absolute spiritual bankruptcy in most of the European countries. And now into this bankruptcy, into this spiritual vacuum comes a group of people, millions of young Muslim men that are vibrant in their faith, that have a vision, that, that feel they are on a mission, and, and they come into this vacuum. Now you can imagine what, what this situation is like. I think this is a time of, uh, like uh, Jonah and Nineveh, a, a time of repentance, a time to turn back to 
to the God of our fathers. It is a time for German people to rediscover the book they celebrated last year in the 500 years of uh, Reformation celebrations, but we completely forgot about what the book is all about. So Germans should read the Bible, recommit to the God of the Bible, discover that they are sinful people and ask Jesus for forgiveness, allow him to restore their lives, and then this might be the biggest opportunity for missions uh, our country has seen in decades because the Muslim people are there, but where are the German Christians who are willing to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to those in spiritual darkness under a religion? We don't criticize Islam. It's a religion like any other religion, but it's a religion full of religious laws and there's no word of forgiveness, no word of the gospel, no word of Jesus Christ, the Redeemer. So who is bringing this message of love to the Muslim people who are willing to accept it? And, and that's the challenge we are seeing right now in Germany. That's Manfred Mueller appealing to his fellow Europeans to view refugees through gospel eyes. It's a good word for American Christians, too. When God brings people to our doorstep, we need to take the opportunity to show them the love of Christ. The same is true when people from around the world visit the United States, not only as refugees, but also as business people or as students, like our next guest. For her security, we just call her Sister Sahar. When she came to the United States from Saudi Arabia to study, some believers in Christ lived out the love of Jesus in front of her, and it made a big difference. Well, the day I got saved, I was filled with joy, and I was so happy that I found the truth, and I couldn't believe it. I've been living a lie my whole life, so I couldn't hold it. I been sharing with my mom before. I told her I left Islam. I've been going to church. I've been reading the Bible, but she wasn't happy with that. But then I got saved, and it was Ramadan, <laughs> so I couldn't really tell her right away. But she saw it in my face. We were Skyping, and she told me, you look different today. You have light in your face. What's going on? And I told her, well, you know, I've been Muslim my whole life. You never told me that. But Jesus said he is the light of the world, and he called us that too. A lot of our listeners have Muslim coworkers, Muslim classmates. Give us some advice on how to, how to reach out and how to start that conversation, just like somebody did for you when you got here. Uh, how, coach us on how to do that. First, prayer is everything to connect with the Lord and ask for him to open doors because sometimes it is there in front of you, but you miss it. Just to ask him to show you and highlight people to you and just building relationship and building trust and loving on people. Muslims don't know what love is. It's not part of who God is and how we deal with each other. Love, grace, and forgiveness, it's not there. But just for them to see the glory in God in your life and how he changed you and how you communicate that. And, you know, just not, don't be shy sharing your personal, you know, testimony because we don't have just one testimony as Christians. Every day we encounter the Lord. Every day God does something in our lives. Just share, be vulnerable, share your life, be open, and they will be attracted to that. If you let them enter your world, they want you to enter theirs too. And, of course, we know we have hope in Christ, and we can share about him all the time. How 
how likely am I as a Christian to offend a Muslim as I'm talking to them about my faith? Or I think there's a perception that, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cause offense and then he won't want to talk to me ever again. How likely is that to happen or how do I avoid that? It's very important to not to criticize Islam or talk bad about anything in the Islamic religion, just to lift Jesus high because he is, you know, lifted high and just... He will draw all men unto yes, himself. Just to speak truth and speak light. They don't want to hear darkness. They are in the darkness. Just speak truth in their life and that's what going to draw them to know more about Jesus. That's Sister Sahar letting us know how to engage with Muslims that the Lord brings to us. You can hear more of that interview by visiting vomradio.net. There you'll find longer versions of all of today's conversations. We're reviewing some of the most moving moments on VOM Radio from 2018. You've probably heard about the war in Yemen. In the last few weeks, we've heard debates about whether the U.S. should even be involved in Yemen. Here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio, we gave you a different look at Yemen earlier this year, showing you what it's like to be a believer in Christ in that country. Our enemy is not the Muslims. The enemy is the ideas in Islam. So they are the victims, not the enemies. So when I know this, and I know that they are people, uh, families, but this doesn't this tolerance or this acceptance and love for people doesn't say we accept also the wrong things that Islam is saying. So that is important to to start with. The other thing is, it is good for people who are in this kind of discussion to 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 know what Muslim, how Muslim think. And you don't need to make them a, a, a masters in it. You need, just need to know some few things. This is how they see is Christianity. So we know that they think the Bible is corrupted. Uh, that uh, when you say a son of God, it means a physical son. When you speak about Trinity, it means you have three gods. And that uh, Jesus was not crucified. So I need just to know how to answer simply these questions. It is not about winning a conversation. You want to win the person. So you might get into conversation and you can say good logic in it, and uh, but in the end, he will not speak to you again. So sometimes ask questions. Ask questions about Islam. Let them explain Islam to you. And, and they are seeking the answers honestly and uh, genuinely to know some of the answers. If there is a difficult question, don't be afraid to say, you know, I don't know the answer. Let me come back to you tomorrow. I will read about it. I'll think about it. It's a good question. Very good question. I'll think about it and come back to you. And, and read something, ask someone, and then go back and say, oh, you know what? I understood the answer here. And third thing, love. Many Muslims, their testimony would go back to someone who loved them. I remember one who knew the Lord, he was a, a refugee in Europe. And then a family hosted him and uh, when he was, uh, and invited him and, uh, and they didn't tell him anything about Christianity. And he was wondering why these people love me like this. They have no uh, hidden agendas. 
They just love me. So love is that, like the Bible says, love never fails. So don't underestimate the power of love, of of, of acceptance, even if it looks in the for some time that it's not getting any results. Even after years, after years, he will remember, or she will remember. I had this person who loved me, and I know they were very true uh, in their love. That's Brother Fadi. He is a gospel worker in the Middle East, and because of that, we're disguising his voice in order to protect his security. We've been speeding around the globe on today's program. Now let's head to Central Asia. One of my co-workers, Brother Aaron, shared the story about how God provided for a Christian family in Central Asia and how he provided at exactly the right time. Yeah, so so Caleb, brother Caleb is a former policeman in this in this country and the police system there is one of bribes, not that won't surprise a lot of our listeners. They they're not surprised by that. Pretty quickly something happened, he became convicted by this. So uh, the Holy Spirit began working immediately in his life and he realized I can't do this anymore. I can't be a part of that system. So he stopped taking bribes. They were a very wealthy family. They were doing very well. This was a good job. He was well-respected in the community, even though he was taking bribes. And, and he lost all that. So, th- so they are definitely struggling financially right now. Now, the information came to me and my staff that we needed to help this family, and this was their story. Of course, it's a great testimony. So we said, yes, we need to get involved with them. But they were in a situation where they were going to be evicted from their apartment. They had no money for rent. The Muslim landlord was coming and saying, you need to pay us rent. You need to pay us rent. They had no money. They even said they didn't have food on their table at that time. So they asked the landlord, not for a month, not for a week. They said, give us one day. The landlord, I guess, thought that was harmless enough. So, okay, I'll give you one day. And so they gathered their children and they started to pray. And they prayed that God would answer I don't know when God had to get the whole email communication going in time to get the money to them. But as they prayed, 24 hours they had, they prayed with their kids. The landlord comes back the next day. Our contact in that area had just delivered money to them. Now, there's a lot that goes into getting money overseas into some of these places. Todd, you're aware of that. I, I hope our listeners understand that. There's a lot of things that have to happen. And it's incredible to me that it got there at just the right time. The landlord's coming to kick them out, coming to evict them that day. Because there's no way you would have more money today than you had yesterday. Absolutely not. And they could joyfully tell the (laughs) landlord, here's your rent money. Here's the money that you need. And this Muslim landlord is just taken aback, shocked. And they said, well, our God provided and provided through people we don't even know. Wow. What a testimony. And, and now, so I would say again, the kingdom is advancing, especially in the life of this Muslim landlord. Mm-hmm. Just one testimony like that at a time. And it's just happening all over the place. Do not worry about what you will eat, drink, or wear, but seek first the kingdom of God. Brother Aaron has been showing us the truth of that verse in the life of a Christian family in Central Asia. That's one of our most moving moments from 2018 here on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. 
The Voice of the Martyrs was founded by Pastor Richard and Sabina Wormbrand, who underwent persecution themselves behind the Iron Curtain in Romania. Earlier this year, we talked with John Groders about what he learned from Richard and Sabina's lives. He's the director of Tortured for Christ, the movie. If you don't know the story of Richard, he is thrown into what's called Room 4 in a place called Targu Okna, a prison up north in the Carpathian Mountains. And the only people sent to Room 4 were people with two weeks or less to live. Uh, that's just It was just sort of like you know pre-embalming room. Basically, basically. the death cell. Yeah. It was the death cell. And Richard was sent to room. He had tuberculosis so bad. He had been beaten. He was so weak. And he was on death's door. And he's sent there for the final two weeks of his life. But... You know, God spares his life. He's in that room for more than two years. <laughs> two years. It's ridiculous. And he ushers into death many, many, many other men. And he says one of the great lines in the movie is, many men entered room for an atheist, but not one died an atheist. We end the actual film on a scene that I find really inspiring and really cool because the, the men are sharing communion in their prison cell. And they've got nothing. They've got a little teeny crust of bread that doesn't even split eight ways. And they've got some gross-looking water. But they're singing and they're smiling. And Richard used to often say, oh, the communists were so nice to us. They even gave us musical instruments. What? Well, he's talking about the chains that bound their arms and legs, and they would drop their chains and and they'd make this sort of rhythm. And I can only imagine what they would have sang. That's John Groders, the director of Tortured for Christ, the movie. Richard and Sabina Wormbrand have had a huge influence on believers around the world, encouraging them to get more involved in spreading the gospel and in supporting persecuted Christians. Another person who's had a huge impact for the kingdom of God is George Verwer. He's the founder of Operation Mobilization, as we review some of the most impactful moments from the Voice of the Martyrs Radio in 2018, we have to hear from this giant of the missions community. Uh, first of all, though, I'm a missionary in Europe and Asia, and I've never, I've never been back for any sort of proper furlough. I have ministered all over the states in almost every single state. I love the United States. But I feel in these days of increased complexity, that people are losing their focus, and their focus is more political and American-centered than it is Christ-centered and global-centered. And we don't have really anything in the New Testament about America, not saying that the principles don't apply in certain ways, but I really believe it's a mistake to lose our passion for the rest of the world. In America, we don't know what suffering is. There are, of course, exceptions. And when we think of how many are suffering even physically. And it's interesting that sometimes non-Christians seem to be more concerned about global suffering and the epidemics and, 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 than, than some American Christians who are just so caught up in the present-day political crisis. As you know, many uh, are not getting on because they're pro-this or anti-that. So I, I urge people, don't lose your focus. Your focus must be the Lord himself. You need more time in the Word and less time in the newspapers, more time in the Word, less time in social media. There's place for those things, but it should be not minor next to our prayer life, next to the Word, and sharing our faith. Surveys show that hardly anybody is sharing their faith. We get in all these different discussions and issue-related arguments, and we don't share the basic faith. And I thank God Billy Graham 
he stuck to the basics. And when I went as a non-Christian to Madison Square Garden and heard him preach, it was John 3.16, it was believe on Jesus. And you know, that's why I'm here today. It was a real highlight for me personally to be able to sit down with George Verwer and interview him here on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. To hear that complete conversation, go to vomradio.net. You can hear every past episode of VOM Radio there. We've been hearing some of the most moving moments from our broadcast in 2018 here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio You know, I'm excited about the new year of ministry ahead in 2019, and we're going to start the new year here on VOM Radio talking with Jonathan Ekman. Jonathan oversees all of the international ministry work of the Voice of the Martyrs, so he is overseeing projects in more than 70 different countries where VOM is actively standing with our persecuted brothers and sisters. We're going to sit down with him and look ahead at the new year, 2019, So don't miss that conversation next week right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.